We are carrying on in our series DNA, and we are looking at a prophetic people. Um, so, I want to say well done this morning, guys. Great job. Contributions, encouraging one another, calling one another on in God, sharing stories, reading scripture. More of that, please. Let's go for it. So, I'm, I'm finished. You've done it already. Um, you can go and enjoy the sun. Not yet. Right. Um, Kathy, you actually rolled your eyes then. <laughs> the reason we are wanting to do this series is not merely that Gateway ends up running and functioning well, but the church, the local church, we are called to be a healthy body, a body that has health in it. And you, there are many conditions, aren't there, in, in life, many physical, um, medical conditions where actually things that go on in the body, whether it's autoimmune conditions, genetic disorders, um, or at times things we just have no idea about affect the health of one's body. And so I have an autoimmune condition that affects my back. It's been fairly okay for the last number of years, but in my early 20s, I, for a period of six months, I really struggled to walk with it. Um, was in constant pain, and it goes up and down as these things do. Um, I don't know if you just saw on um, BBC iPledge recently, the um, people who suffer with um, vitiligo, and again, it's an autoimmune condition that affects, attacks the pigment in skin, and actually has a huge effect on people's life and health and mental health and sense of identity, and this is just true in the physical, that there can be things that go on in life, in our bodies, um, whether it's an internal thing or an external trauma that happens to us that hugely affects the health, the way we view ourselves. Well, so too that can be true in the body of Christ, the church. We can have situations, circumstances, even, dare I phrase it like this, illnesses going on in the body that can cause us to have a wrong sense of identity of who we are and our purpose. And so the idea of this series is really to, to call us to be a body that is healthy in God, a body that is healthy and strong. And I think that's an important um, thing just to take time and, do, and to do that. But even more than that, it's not healthy and strong merely so that we are a local church that is healthy and strong. But we want to be a people who are called to take risks. And to do that well, we need to be a people who are healthy and strong. We want to create a culture where it's safe to take risks. Not recklessness, but a risk-taking people. And this morning we are looking at a prophetic people, and in my understanding, in my reading of Scripture, particularly into the New Testament, when you look at the early church, the key to risk-taking in the people of God is that the local church knows that they are a people who are to be prophetic in nature. It's a key unlocking gift in the local church. So that's what we're going to be focusing on this morning. So I'm going to pray because I really believe we want to just allow time at the end to um, put this into practice. I'm so glad it's happened already. But I want to give space just if people are carrying prophetic um, words for, for one another to allow us to do that. Um, and just trust that God will, even this morning, birth in us a fresh desire to be shaped and led by the prophetic. So, Father, we thank you that you are a speaking God. We thank you that your written, this, this book is your written word to us. It's a living word. It's a powerful word. And we thank you that your word brings life. And we thank you that you've spoken to us through the prophets and through the laws and through and ultimately through Jesus, and, and even today you're speaking to us through your spirit and through your living word, and actually you use one another for us to speak life into each other. And so I just pray in this next half hour as we just say, Lord, our desire is that we want to be a prophetic people. I pray that you would come and birth within us a fresh hunger for this, Lord God. I pray that you would come and do something by your spirit this morning. I pray this morning would be um, a birthing moment, and I thank you even this morning that you've gone before us and you've begun it already. And so we pray, Lord, give us an appetite for this. Lord, we pray that you would shape us. We want to be healthy in this. We want to be strong in it. But Lord, we pray more than anything that the prophetic would be alive within us here at Gateway. 
So we bless what you want to do this morning, Lord Jesus, in your precious name. Amen. So at Gateway, DNA, we want to be a prophetic people. We want to be a people that are led by the prophetic. And I'll come back to just explain that word very simply in a moment. But the Apostle Paul, he says this in 1 Corinthians 14.1, Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. So remember that the Holy Spirit, when he was poured out upon the church, he distributes gifts to the body. To each one of us, we've received gifts from the Holy Spirit to build up and strengthen one another. Pursue love, earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. I want us to fall in love with the prophetic gateway. I want us to fall in love with it. And what do we mean by prophetic? Simply this, it's a Bible word for hearing from God and sharing with others. Actually, it's very simple. Hearing God and sharing that with other people. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, the prophetic is hearing God and sharing with others. Come on, people. <laughs> okay, you're not allowed to talk about the sun. Let's move on. I, I was reading um, an interesting article recently about making notes on iPads and, um, and how when you do that, it doesn't log it in, the, in your brain in the same way as actually having a pen and paper and writing down that piece of information and um, I think it's the same actually sometimes we hear truth but speaking it to one another it just we're speaking the word of God to one another so we should do this kind of thing more Um, come on I haven't got time for this right so this morning aside from wanting us to get hold of the prophetic afresh I want to just um, motivate motivate us into it by looking at some scripture But also I want to give us some simple tools and boundaries of what does it look like in the local church. I think that is so important that we have a confidence to operate in the prophetic confidently, effectively and safely so that we don't stray into just dangerous ground. Which actually, if we're not careful and if we don't have those things in place, we can do. That's not to say we need to be afraid of using gifts of God, but we need to do them well. And the Apostle Paul, when he is writing to churches, there's times when he's concerned over the use of gifts. And he writes to the church and he said, I'm not disappointed. The answer to bad use of gifts or misuse of gifts is not to stop using them. It's actually to use them well. So the prophetic can mean a lot of things to different people. Hearing God and sharing with others can mean a lot of things to different people. So to some people, when I say the word prophetic or prophet, you, you have a picture of an angry guy on a street corner wearing an A-board saying, the end is nigh, repent you sinners. Angry, shouting at people as they walk past, everybody giving him a wide berth. And for some people, the word prophetic conjures up that image, and I completely get why. For other people, the word prophetic can just give, conjure up feelings of slightly crazy church. Hear my heart in this, if you um, have prophetic gifting, because sometimes prophetic people are slightly crazy. I'm not, I'm not saying you're unhinged. I'm just saying, I'm moving on. <laughs> Depending on your background, your church background, prophetic can either have an incredibly high importance in the local church, or it can have a, a low importance or no importance whatsoever. So in the, even within Gateway, I'm aware that there will be a sense of... Um, Difference when we think about the prophetic, what it looks like, what our experience is of it, what our appetite is for it. But when we come to the scriptures, when we open this and we read the accounts of the early church in the New Testament, we see that hearing from God and sharing that with one another is completely normal Christianity. It is utterly Normal. It's to be expected in the people of God. On the day that the church was birthed by the Spirit, when God poured His Spirit out upon the church, and it's all gone a bit crazy at that point, as it often does when God encounters people. The Apostle Peter, one of the followers of Jesus, he stood up and he explained what's going on. And he reminded them of a prophetic promise from the Old Testament. And he says, God says, God says, hey, he's heard 
He's remembered something of what God has said and he's sharing it with others. God says, in these last days, I am going to pour out my spirit on everyone. On all who follow Jesus, all who are part of God's family, the church. I'm going to pour my spirit out upon them and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. So who are the sons and daughters of God? Thank you, Deb. Who are the sons and daughters of God? Good. That could have taken a long time. I would have kept going on that one. We, the church, are the sons and daughters of God. And the Spirit has been poured out upon us, and we are now able to hear God and to speak those words of life and truth out to one another. You see, the prophetic, that anointing to hear God in that way, is now no longer for a select few, as it was in the Old Testament. It's not for the spiritual elite. You and I can hear the voice of the shepherd. In fact, it's your birthright. As we'll see in a moment, hearing God for the Christian is not the problem. We need to learn to tune ourselves in. We need to learn to walk with intimacy with the Spirit and lean into him so that we hear the whisper of God in life. But our problem is not actually hearing if we are walking with the Spirit. Our problem is obedience most of the time. So, quickly, why do we want to pursue a culture of the prophetic? I think it's a helpful phrase. That it's not just an activity we do at Gateway. It's not just something that happens on Sundays or occasionally in small groups or when we meet one another. But there's a culture, a desire. It's kind of like a foundation, a DNA thing for us. It's just the the lifeblood of who we are. Why do we want to pursue a culture of the prophetic at Gateway? And I think it's simply this is that the prophetic comes. Whenever we hear this word of truth, and I'll talk about the Bible and the prophetic in a moment, but whenever we come and we hear the word of truth, God's word brings life. It, It releases life. And why would we not want to be a people who speak truth to one another, who remind each other of scripture, who get hold of this and say, hey, remember, it is written, life comes. Oh, those who hear from God and share with others and We bring life. Remember that scripture says your words have the power of life and death, church. This this thing in here is a powerful thing. And how we choose to use it, we can bring life to one another. I think on its own, that is a good, valid reason why we would want this to be a culture of us. When God speaks, life comes. But it also releases people into joy. It also releases people and the church into mission. And it releases people into the love of God. I I think these are great reasons why we should pursue a culture of the prophetic. And actually, when we look at the early church, the prophetic was key to unlocking the people of God. In Acts 11, a group of prophets from Jerusalem, went to visit the church in Antioch. And there was a guy called Agabus who who prophesied into their situation and circumstances. And as a result, the church got back on mission again. Were were reinvigorated, got hold of what he prophesied and responded. They acted on his word. And one of the things that the prophetic does is it lifts you and I and together as a church, it lifts us from just the things we're looking at, the things that are consuming us, the things that, that... can be important but can actually just swamp us and cause us to be ineffective and dull. And the prophetic comes and it lifts our gaze. It lifts our eyesight. And so often that's true of mission. The prophetic comes and it says, come on, you're a people on mission. Remember that, church. Remember that. We, as a team, recently, we've, or these last couple of months, we've been looking at sharpening and clarifying our vision as a church. And the place that we started with The the very thing that we started with as we've been doing this is what has God called us to be? What has God spoken to us? And how do we then distill that down and communicate it out to say, hey, guys, this is who we are on mission. And that takes time to wrestle that through. But before Christmas, we had an evening as a team where we just on a whiteboard, we we just put up, come and let's remind ourselves of the promises of God. Why? Because it fuels us into mission. It It can... Hear my heart on this, but we can have all kinds of agendas, even as a local church. But God speaks and he says, come on, that's not my agenda for you. This is my agenda. We need that kind of life in us, don't we? 
Otherwise, the church is like any living organism is in danger of being stunted, is in danger of not growing healthily and effectively. And for us as God's people, we're in danger of not living this mission that God has called us to. The prophetic unlocks opportunities and dreams. New ideas, new ways of thinking, new, new, in, new perspective on the circumstances that we're in. Both personally and corporately. And I'm not saying this is not going on amongst us. I, I know there is the prophetic at work within us already. And I know there are dreams that are being carried. I know that there are promises that people are carrying, prophetic promises over your lives. But in a culture where the prophetic is alive and healthy, those things are being sparked quicker. Those things are being motivated and sharpened. As one goes to another and says, I've just, I've just been thinking about you this week. Can I share what I feel God's been talking to, to me for you? I just want to encourage you in this. I want to encourage you in who I see you are. I want to encourage you in your heart for this area and I want to encourage you to go for it. And I, I believe that God wants to unlock you into the next stage of that. And as the local church are active, speaking to each other in that kind of way, the church comes alive. And in fact, lack of the prophetic leads to a lack of confidence in the purposes of God, both personally and corporately. And so it's not merely, well, I... I like that kind of thing or I don't like that kind of thing. It's actually a lack of the prophetic at work in the local church actually causes us to back off from the promises of God. And we need to hear God. Ephesians 4.15 Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. Speaking the truth in love causes growth. The prophetic is supernatural. It's not, just a, it's not merely a natural thing, yet for the Christian life, it is totally normal. It, it should be a, a usual part of the Christian life. As we walk with God, walk with the Spirit, we, we should be hearing the whisper of the Spirit day in, day out. That should not be an oddity for us. And I, I know we need to grow in that. I know that there'll be many who say, I don't know how to hear the voice of God. And we We need to give time to that. And we need to train one another. And small groups are a great place to open these kind of things up and say, how do you hear the voice of God? Well, how do you hear the voice of God? Because actually, God's given us personalities. And the way we think and hear and listen and reflect, God understands that. And he speaks to us in multitudes of ways, prophetically. So the, the prophetic is supernatural. It's usual. It's normal for the local church, but it, nevertheless, it's something we must choose to step into. You see, God gives gifts to the church, but he doesn't force us to use them. But boy, he, will, he wills us to. And by the Spirit is saying, come on, get hold of this. You see, Gateway is hugely shaped by the prophetic. Our story, who God's called us to be, what, how Gateway was birthed as a church was massively through prophetic promises from God. And if you were here at our Super Sending Sunday, January last year, 15 months ago, we, you remember we did that cardboard testimony? Do you remember we got all the kids to come up with a sheet of cardboard? And we kind of did the timeline of Gateway and high moments, significant points in our story, but interspersed in that, test, in that, interspersed in that timeline were promises of God. And we need to find ways, I'm really aware of this, of putting the promises of God in front of us as a church so that, so that they're alive and we're living with them and carrying them together as a people. Believing God for them, praying into them, that as we gather together and pray and we, and we spot signs of these, these words coming to life. Hey, our, our kids, we've got prophetic promises about our kids coming alive in God and leading us as a body. And then Liz this morning is saying, I, I was prayed for a couple of weeks ago, remember that? And God moved. Hey, these are, these are like the first fruits of some of these prophetic promises coming alive. And the prophetic stirs a hunger for more of them. So just for a few moments, if you can turn to John chapter 10. I want to pick up on this idea of that we can all hear God for a moment. And I want, 
I want to encourage us in this just for a few moments, and then I want to set out some boundaries, some tools, the way we think about the prophetic. Um, So, John chapter 10, we're looking at Jesus' words about where he's talking about himself being a good shepherd, our good shepherd. And back in chapter 9 of John, he's just healed a man who was born blind. And the Pharisees have witnessed this miracle. They've seen it. They've, they've, seen, they've met the man. They've heard his testimony. And yet they still cannot recognize, they still cannot see or hear that Jesus is the Messiah that they have been longing for. The one who heals. In fact, there were some, there were some aspects of healing that, that Israel were waiting for, that it was only the Messiah that would bring that kind of healing that Jesus fulfilled, and he was the one. And so they've just witnessed this, and Jesus is speaking, into, speaking to these religious leaders, and he's saying, you are strangers who, who aren't part of my flock because you don't recognize my voice. You don't recognize that it is me, the Messiah, the one who has been sent, Israel's Messiah, because you don't recognize this, you're strangers. And yet you're the ones who have been shepherding my flock, yet you don't know my voice. But you see, the good news for each one of us here this morning, if you know Jesus, it doesn't matter whether you've been walking with him for six weeks, six years, or 60 years, you can hear his voice. It is your birthright as a Christian. You can hear the voice of God. You can hear him speak to you. And it's a free gift. It's God's promise to you. And some simple lessons about hearing the shepherd's voice. John chapter 3, verses 3 to 4. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him. And the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. I don't think Jesus could make this any more clear that who are his sheep? Well, it's the people who are his people, the people who belong to him, God's people, those who follow him, those who follow the good shepherd are the sheep of God. And so if you're here and you're a follower of Christ, you are called a sheep. And therefore, Jesus is saying anyone who is a sheep can and does recognize the voice of the good shepherd. And he is our good shepherd. But hear this, when God speaks to us prophetically through scripture, it's not to tickle our ears. It's not to give us a a spiritual high feeling. That was good, Liz. (laughs) It's to release us into life. It's to release us into mission. And it's to give us instructions for Life And Jesus here, I just want you to spot this, he makes a, a, a direct correlation, a direct connection between listening and obeying. Listening and following. And so the idea of the prophetic is not just that it, we're not saying we want to be a super religious people where the prophetic's here and, and it's just all a bit mystical and a bit wow. We're saying no, we want the prophetic to be alive in us so that we're a people who can follow Jesus effectively. That as a local church that we are alive on mission. I know I've said this a number of times already this morning. But I want us to get this. That there is a connection between hearing the voice of God and obedience. And the reason I say this and please hear my heart in this. That there are many churches right across the world whose perspective on what is prophetic is totally different. Whose culture of the prophetic if you like is utterly different. And there will be many who hear the voice of God for intellectual assent. And many people gather around this book and say, absolutely, God is speaking to us. But just racking up, stacking up intellectual ideas of who God is and what he looks like. That was one of the challenges for the Pharisees. They knew about God, yet they didn't know the voice of the shepherd. And can I say to you, if if you love the word of God, yet you don't walk with intimacy with Jesus, be careful that you're not just stacking up for yourselves intellectual ideas. Other, other, and please, I'm not just slating other... (coughs) Streams of the church with this, but there are many churches where the prophetic is alive and buzzing, and people are prophesying left, right, and center. Yet the word of truth, which we, which is the plumb line for everything that God says, which we by which we measure everything, features nowhere, and so it becomes 
Amazing things are said over people's lives. Amazing ideas, amazing concepts, yet it's not rooted in the word of God. And that can be dangerous for us. And Jesus makes this direct correlation. My sheep know my voice. Hey, we know, we know his voice because as we read this, every time you open this living word of God, the spirit is speaking through you. These words are a living word. It's a living book. And God speaks to you through this. And sometimes you might read, you might read a, a piece of scripture in a day and you kind of go, I, I, I've got no idea. I don't know what it means. I don't particularly feel that God's speaking to me. By the way, a great way to come to Scripture is to say, God, speak to me as I read this. But do you know it might be a few days later, God just breathes that word. And that that piece of Scripture that you've just spent time dwelling on and thinking, and God suddenly breathes it, it, and it comes alive. Or you encounter somebody, you go, wow, I've just, do you know, I was just reflecting on this in Scripture the other day, and, and I think I want to encourage you with that. It's amazing how God does it. And and even as we come to Scripture, it's not, yes, we want to dwell, we want to learn, we want to grow in our understanding of Scripture. But even if you don't understand a piece of Scripture that you're using, the Word of God goes into us and is stored up. And then the Spirit comes and breathes. And you remember that Jesus said to his disciples, I'm going to be with the Father, but I'm sending you one who will remind you and lead you into all truth. They had Jesus walking The disciples had Jesus walking with them for three years and he spoke truth to them. And he invested himself in them and so often they didn't see it or they didn't get it. And Jesus says, no, but the spirit will come and bring revelation of my words. He'll remind you of my words. Growing in the prophetic, learning to hear the voice of God and then share it requires intimacy with God. Leaning in close to him. Getting hold of him. Walking with the Spirit. You see, hearing the voice of God is is not merely coming to God like Google and saying, I've got this circumstance or this situation in my life that, God, I need to know what you want me to do. Google, what should I do with my life? You could do this, this, or this. Here's seven ways to make... God is not Google. He's good. And he has good plans and purposes for each and every one of our lives together. He really does. But revelation comes through intimacy. Revelation comes through walking with the Spirit, walking closely with God. And just quickly, John 10 verse 7. Therefore Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and life to the full. Jesus said, I am the gate. There are not many ways to God. There are not many paths, many paths of enlightenment, many religions. There is just one way and that is through Jesus Christ. He's the gate. There are no other ways to God. Just one way, his name is Jesus. And he says, if you want life in its fullness, which is actually as human beings what we have been made for. We have been made for fullness of life. We've been made to live life that's full. And part of that we're going to taste now, this side of eternity, This side before our bodies die. And part of that we're going to taste forevermore into eternity. But we have been created to live a full life rooted in God. And Jesus says the way to that, the way to the Father, the way to to have that life-giving love and life of God flowing into you is through Christ Jesus. It's through himself. It's Jesus or nothing. And Jesus says, I'm the gate. And what's he the gate into? He's the gate into his pen. He's the gate into the kingdom of God. And pens, in that sense, where sheep go and um, are looked after overnight by the shepherd, pens have boundaries to them. And they have ways of being and, and ways of thinking that, that keep the sheep safe. So from attack at nighttime, whether you're in a field somewhere in the world and you're a shepherd, your pen keeps your sheep safe. It gives them a safe boundary. But in our, particularly in our Western context, many of us, we hear the word boundary and we think of restriction and control. 
which is totally unbiblical when it comes to the Bible. In the Bible, boundaries are crucial and essential to life in the full. Jesus says, I'm the gate into the kingdom of heaven, and I set the boundaries of what this life with God looks like. It's what we see back in Genesis right at the beginning. God says to Adam, look, enjoy everything. Here's the boundary, one thing. Don't eat from that tree. And Jesus has set biblical boundaries for us. If you want to live life to the full, and by that I don't mean healthy, wealthy, prosperous, holidays, this, that, the other. That isn't what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about life with God. If you want to live to the full, then biblical boundaries are essential to that. Parents, I want to encourage you, boundaries around your kids are essential to them growing up healthily. Aren't they, Ollie? <laughs> Fortnite ban. He's smiling. No, he's not smiling, oh dear. <laughs> and as a church, we want to set boundaries around the prophetic culture. Not to be controlling and restricting of people. Not to crush people's gifts. Please hear my heart in that but because actually it provides a safe context for us to bless and operate and use the gift well and encourage one another. As we pursue a culture in the prophetic, we need to make sure that we have a safe place in which to use that, in which to encourage one another. We need to make sure that we're doing that well so that we are healthy. And so I have a few boundaries, just quickly, that I want to encourage us with and just to and put before us that shape us and our understanding of the prophetic what it looks like here. If you like, it's a prophetic 101, and we are going to race through these. <clears throat> Number one, the prophetic is redemptive in nature. 1 Corinthians 14. The one who prophesies speaks, one who hears from God and speaks, speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. So as we prophesy, we're to build up to lift up and to cheer up. That's the goal of the prophetic, is to strengthen one another. In other words, as we're prophesying and as we're, as we're hearing from God and sharing with others, the goal should be to, to build one another up in God and in faith and in life. That's really important. We, if we don't start there, we can get so wrong on what the prophetic is. The flip side of that, doesn't it means that not all prophecy is easy to, ha- to hold. It can be challenging. The prophetic by his nature so often is challenging. And I, I, personally, I think I, I'm wired quite prophetically. And so I find myself challenging. No, I'm joking. Um, but so often, things I see in the spirit, if you like, the way, when I'm hearing God, I find it challenging. Am I going to be obedient? I'm hearing the voice of God, but am I going to walk obediently? The prophetic in its nature comes and it is challenging. You don't always want to do it. But the reality is it always redeems. It always leads into life. It always builds up, strengthens and encourages. Secondly, the prophetic boundary, it is loving. It's an encounter with the living God. And so as we prophesy into people's lives... The aftertaste, if you like, should be that people feel that they are special to God, that they are loved by God, that God delights in them. In other words, it's not so much even about what you prophesy, but about how you prophesy. That's, again, really important. It's not that you get to say the thing that you think God's living with. Uh, that God's speaking to you, and that you've been living with, and you must say it because I, I can't control it anymore. It's like fire, rah. How you say it is just as important. How you communicate what God is speaking to you is just as important. And love is the heartbeat of the prophetic. It really is. Love is the heartbeat of the prophetic. Let me just read this um, great quote I came across a couple of weeks ago um, by a, an American a missionary who was born at the turn of the 19th century called George Dana Boardman, and he said this, Love is the supreme characteristic of the kingdom of God or of Christianity itself. 
Thus, on this twofold commandment of love God and love man, hangs as hangs a colossal door on its two hinges. The whole Bible from Genesis through to Revelation. Love is thus the rhythmical keynote, the decorative index, the fundamental principle of the kingdom of God. Love is the ethereal medium pervading God's moral universe by means of which are propagated the motions of his impulses, the heat of his grace, the light of his truth, the electricity of his activities, the magnetism of his nature, the affinities of his character. In brief, love is the very definition of deity himself. And as we prophesy, the goal is that people encounter the love of God. They encounter the life of God. That they are built up and strengthened. Prophecy is accountable. Prophecy is accountable. It means that we weigh it. We don't just hear it and, and, and let it sit over us. Because at times there are things that are prophesied which are wrong. Or untrue. Or dare I say it, even evil in intent. Jesus said, doesn't he? He says there's... The, the enemy comes to rob, steal, destroy. And even at times, people with good hearts can cause damage with the prophetic, which is why we need these boundaries. In 1 Thessalonians 5, we're told this, Do not quench the spirit, and do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good, reject every kind of evil. And the imperative in this is one of, in a sense of expecting the good. So we start with prophetic, not with this, we don't have to be overly cautious in one sense. We can say, no, we're the people of God, we have the spirit of God, we hear God and we can build up and encourage one another. That's a good expectation to carry in the body of Christ. And as we're prophesying, we expect that, that we are going to hear from God and be built up. And we weigh it, we sift the words that are brought to us or the actions or whatever it is that somebody is is. Um, carrying his message to us and sharing with us, we weigh it expecting there to be good in it. That's our starting place. When you, when you walk along the street, that rare time it happens and you find a fiver on the floor, you pick it up and, and you immediately go, yes, five pounds. You're, you, just immediately, you're looking at it going, this is five pounds, I found five pounds. Your starting thought is, isn't, oh, I bet it's a fake. Somebody left it there because it's a fake. No, you think somebody was foolish enough to let it fall and now it's mine. And, but it's, you, you, your expectation is positive. I want to encourage us. I think a healthy culture of the prophetic is one where we have expectation that God speaks through us to one another. But we do weigh it. And the flip side of that is be free to discard it also. It's not scripture, as we'll come to in a moment. Be free to discard it. How do we weigh it? There's some simple questions. When I prophesy to somebody, I want to ask simple questions. Does that make sense to you? Does it sit comfortably with you? Does that resonate with things that God has been speaking to you about before or in your heart? Does it encourage you? I think those are just good questions to ask. If not, hey, just be free to let it go. No problem at all. You see, the prophetic should never coerce or control people. It should never manipulate people into our agenda for them or what we think might be God's agenda for them. It brings life. It empowers people to make powerful choices. As I said earlier, the prophetic enables us to step into the things of God. If we're not careful and we don't weigh the prophetic well, it can sit like a curse over people's lives. It can lock people up if this is done unhealthily. Just a couple more things quickly. It brings revelation. The prophetic in the local church brings Holy Spirit revelation. Now, hear my heart in this. I want to push us slightly in this gateway. This morning was a great illustration. There were words of testimony of the faithfulness of God, something that God has done. Scripture, truth that was read aloud to us, as we should have every time we gather like this. And there were things that people were carrying and wanting to share with the body words of encouragement. And I think that I want to push us into a high, to raise the bar of our expectation of what the prophetic is and how it operates in the local church. And to say the Holy Spirit brings revelation, it is not mere blessed thoughts. It is not just the thing I'm feeling and living with, 
Part of the prophetic, as I said, brings revelation. Revelation is, in Scripture, the word revelation or apocalypto, it means to unveil things. An unveiling of something. And so when we are prophesying, I, w- I want to encourage us to say, God, who's this for specifically? Would you, would you point the person who this is for or the specific place? And so I'm prophesying for, over somebody. I'm looking at somebody and I think, I think God's placed the nations on your heart, for example. And so rather than simply come to the front and say, somebody here is called to the nations, that absolutely I can prophesy that right now. Somebody here is called to the nations. I want to encourage you to go for the revelation and say, okay, God, who? Where? Who is this person? Where are they this morning? What do you want to speak to them specifically? Where are you sending them? What's the next step for them? I want to to encourage us to grow in our expectation that, you see, that's how the prophetic begins to unlock. As God speaks. Only things that God could know. And you know, that means every time we've got to take a risk. Because you might get it wrong. But another boundary for us at Gateway is it's okay to have a go and get it wrong. Moving in the prophetic, having a prophetic culture doesn't mean that every time we prophesy, I have to be pinpoint accurate. In fact, you're not going to be. Every time you prophesy, you are not going to speak truthfully because we're told that we, prophes- we know in part and we prophesy in part. Just a simple one on this. Do not prophesy births, deaths, and marriages. That was a do not, in cap- it literally is in capitals. Do not. The reality is that can lock people up. And if you are carrying something like that, can I encourage you to share it with somebody else before you go to the person? Please feel free to come and share it with me. And I think we need to be so careful what we do with that kind of stuff. Because we can lock people up if we're not careful. Good. Glad you accepted that. The prophetic is missional. It's a tool to encounter people who don't know Jesus. It's a tool to tell people that he is interested, he's alive. The God of heaven loves you and knows you. And linked with that, the prophetic is normal. And by that I mean you don't have to be somebody that goes, Oh, God is... Speaking to me for you, and I know you don't know him, but I do, and thus saith the Lord. You don't, you don't have to do that. In fact, if you are prophesying in a context where you know the person doesn't know Jesus, can I encourage you not to, and to tone it down, and to be normal, as normal as you can. And by that, I mean you don't even have to say, I think God is speaking to me for you. You can just come and say, can I just encourage you and who I see you are and what you carry in life and some of the gifts and talents that you have. I just want to encourage you in those. They're so good and I just want to say, go for it. And I, You can say, I, just, I feel like in the circuit, you know somebody's walking in a tough season of life. You can say to them, you know I'm a Christian. I just want to encourage you that God does love you. I know, I know you don't know that right now and that you might not believe that, but I want to encourage you that he cares. He knows your circumstance. I think we can be totally normal when we prophesy. The prophetic is best done in team. And this kind of goes back to the weighing, and it goes back, and it also links to motivating the prophetic. The prophetic is best done in team. And can I just encourage us in this kind of context? If you, uh, any morning, any Sunday, feel free to cross the room and prophesy. And if you don't want to be prophesied over, say, no, I don't want it, that's absolutely fine. But can I encourage us as we do that and as we try and get hold of that and push into that? That we kind of say, hey, I just feel like I've got a prophetic word for Clive. Would you, Nick, would you come and stand with me? I just want to be accountable to that. I don't, I, just want to, I don't want to speak something over his life that's unhelpful. Would you just come and check that the heart I bring it with is good? I think that's a healthy boundary for us. It doesn't mean, please hear my heart, it doesn't mean you can never speak until you've got somebody stood next to you. But particularly if there's an edge to what you're carrying, can I just encourage us to be sensible and sensitive? And accountable to that. But also, let's allow the prophetic to stir the prophetic. Iron sharpens iron. If you want to grow in the prophetic, find somebody in Gateway who's prophetic and say, hey, can I come and team up with you for a season? I want to grow. I want to understand. I want to know what it looks like to to hear God and to allow God to speak and to distill what God's saying in a way that serves people well. What a great thing to do. Finally, the prophetic 
is biblical. It's always consistent with, it's always accountable to, and submitted to the written word of God. Always. The measuring line for the prophetic, the plumb line, if you like, is the word of God. And so you are utterly, utterly allowed. If somebody says something and you know it contradicts scripture, no matter what heart they bring it with, no matter how offended they are, you're allowed to say, do you know what? I do not accept that. That is not true. That is not what God teaches. A classic one being, I have a prophetic word. God spoke to me. He revealed to me the date that Jesus is going to return. It's a fusion. <laughs> That's why you've got to be there. Hey, I, I love you, but I think you are a little unhinged. No, you don't have to say that. You can do it nicer than that. You're wrong. And I tell you why you're wrong, because the word of God tells us that God himself alone knows the time and the circumstances of, of the return of Christ. And he knows. And it's not about beating people up, but you are totally free. That's not rejection of somebody. To speak truth is not rejection of somebody. It is absolutely the opposite. It is love. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Can I encourage us to stand? I'm going to finish. Um, <clears throat> Gateway, Jesus is the good shepherd. We know his voice, and he's the gate. And he provides a safe place to come into life in its fullness. I want to encourage us in these days to do more of this morning. I want to encourage us to learn to sharpen that blade. And please hear my heart. I'm not saying that what was brought this morning was wrong. Please, I don't want to belittle anything that was brought in that way. But what I want to say is I want us to be a people who are accurate and active in the prophetic. Where we hear God and we provoke one another into mission. And we need that because I know that there are things that people are living with. Things that people are, where God is whispering into people's circumstances and into life and, and has put promises on people's hearts. And boy, do we need people to come along and say, I've just been thinking of you. I think God wants to birth this. I think he wants to unlock you. I think he wants to call you to, to sell up and move and go and do. We need each other for that. And so I want to pray right now, Father, we thank you that you are the good God who speaks, that you are speaking to us today through your word, through your spirit, through one another, even through creation itself. You, you speak to us of your glory. And we say, Lord, would you come to us right now and birth in us a hunger and an appetite for the spirit. And so we, we say, Lord, go to work on our DNA. Lord, would you get hold of us afresh with these things? Father, I pray that you would release us to become a people who are shaped by the prophetic, led by the prophetic, earnestly desiring the prophetic within us and amongst us to be, to be a, a fueler into the life and love of God, into the mission that you have called us to as your people. And so we welcome you, Holy Spirit. Just Can I encourage you right now, if you, if you say, do you know, this is my gift. I know I hear from God. I know I have a prophetic gifting. That's great. I want to encourage you to receive right now. If you've got it, but you haven't used it for a long time, it's time, as Deb said earlier, to pull out that sword and to clean it off and say, come on, I'm going to go to work with this. I'm going to do good damage with this. And some of you say, I don't know. I, I desire it. When Scripture says, earnestly desire. You say, that's me. I earnestly desire, but I've never really got to grips with it. Never really stepped out in it. I want to pray for you right now that even today would be a day when you begin to step out. And for others of you here this morning, I recognize you say, I don't even know that I hear from God. I don't know what that means. I don't know what it sounds like or feels like or how God speaks to me. I want to pray for you right now that you would learn to tune in to the voice of God by walking in intimacy with his spirit. So, Father, we thank you for each and every one in this place. We thank you that all of us who are followers of our good shepherd, Jesus, can 
hear your voice and do hear your voice. We pray, give us ears to hear what the Spirit says in these days. Give us ears to hear your voice, Jesus. Help us to hear you. And I pray for those who have prophetic gifting that right now they would be released in Gateway to build up, to cross the room, to be front-footed, to model well, to encourage, to spur on one another into mission. Lord, for those who have the gift of prophecy but, but have not used it for a whole season for whatever kind of reason, Lord, we say no condemnation, but we say even this morning, would you birth it afresh? Would you breathe life back into that, Lord, for their good, for the good of the body? Lord, because you have called us to be those who walk obediently with you. And I pray, Lord, that, that even at this point this morning, there would be an appetite for these guys and girls to go again with the gift of the prophetic. Lord, for those who desire, we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you give gifts. We thank you that you release gifts amongst us. And so I pray right now that where there's a desire, Lord, thank you that you don't say desire, but I I am ungenerous and I hold back. You say, ask, ask, and I'll give you. Ask and I'll give you. And, And so we ask right now where there's a desire to move in the prophetic and pray that that gift would be loosed amongst us as your people, in a new way. And Father, for those who, who right now say, I love you, Jesus, but, but I, I don't know how to hear the voice of God. I don't know what that looks like. I pray, Lord, would you speak to them even this morning? And I don't mean this in a crass way, but hear this. God loves you. And he's for you, and he's proud of you. And he boasts in you as you boast in Jesus. Hey, you heard God this morning. He loves you, he loves you, he loves you, not because of what you do, but because of what he has done for you and because he has placed his good pleasure over you. Receive it this morning, church. Be released and be loosed in the things of God. Be released in the prophetic. Lord, we pray for Gateway that these will be days of prophetic unlocking. Lord, we pray that we'll be those who run with the Spirit in these things. Lord, that this becomes a culture that is so embedded into us that, that, that there will be... Many people coming, not just at the front, but across the room in small groups. Small groups, guys, is a great place to get to grips with this. Great place to have a go and and to learn. But we pray, Lord, that as we gather together in big and small and over coffee shops, as as we meet our neighbors, Lord, we pray that you would speak to us, give us ears to hear, and help us to speak out what we hear from you for the building up, encouragement, and strengthening of one another All the more in these days, boy, Lord, we need to hear your voice. And the world rages, we need to hear the voice of the good shepherd. We bless your name, Lord Jesus, in this. Amen. Um, Parents, can I encourage you? Sorry we've gone on. Please, can I encourage you to collect your um, children um, from their groups? We'll go and get coffee in just a moment, but I just want to give space right now for a few moments... um, For us just to have space that maybe one or two are carrying prophetic words for one another. Um, And so what I want to do is give you two things that you can do. One, be free over coffee to go to cross the room. And maybe even this morning you just saw somebody and there was something that dropped, something that sparked off in your thinking for that person and you didn't act on it. I want to encourage you, be free over coffee, just to go and say, hey, do you know, actually this morning I did, when I walked into the building, I saw you and I felt God wanted to encourage you in this. That's great. Please feel free to do that. But maybe right now, for one or two, you're thinking, I know that I need to step out. I know that I need to act. Even as God's been um, just provoking me through this this morning, I know that I need to step out. And I'd love to just give you a couple of moments just to um, come and share and prophesy, maybe over one or two specifically. Is there anybody that's carrying something for somebody here? It's always good to not just talk about it, but to do it. It can be simple. It's not going to be complex. I encourage you, if you, how do you know? Right, you're nervous and you know you should, but you're going, I'm not. I'm not going to. I don't want to. Justin, here you go. Do you want me to hold it? Um, good morning, church. Um, during um, the worship time when we were singing um, Victor's Crown and we 
we were declaring the word of God, every high thing must come down, every stronghold shall be broken. I just felt a burden quite heavy in my spirit. The Lord is saying that this is my word. This is my word. As you declare this word, every high thing must come down. Indeed, it is coming down. I am doing this right now. And so anything, and I, I just felt like God was saying that people are giving up on some situations because it's taking far too long, longer than you thought. You have waited for so long and you are literally hanging in there. And he says, Keep holding on. Keep speaking my word because this word is life and it is coming true for you right now. Amen. Amen. It's Justin. Yeah, Justin, just wait a moment. So can I just um, use this as an illustration a moment? So Jocelyn said that in that song we were declaring truths of who God is and what he's doing. And those are truths at large. Those are truths because we're in Christ Jesus. And then she went from that into a specific of There are people here who are in situations and circumstances where you've been waiting and you're feeling, I'm giving up on that. So it went from a general truth of God into a more specific revelation, into a more specific pinpoint circumstance. And I want to encourage you right now. I think that's a really good illustration. And maybe, Jocelyn, I want to encourage you that, come on, next time it's the who and the what. But boy, when God speaks with revelation, that's, I think we should expect that. God wants to unlock us. And so if what Jocelyn's just shared, you go, hey, that's, that is me. I've been waiting. I've been holding on. I feel like I'm, I've, I haven't got grace to hold on anymore. Can I encourage you to come and ask Jocelyn to pray with you into that? To pray for God's unlocking. And as you said at the end, to bring you into life into that. To see the faithfulness of God in those situations. Thank you so much. Well done. Come on. And you see, I think this is so key that as we step out, that we encourage one another because it takes risk and we want to encourage risk. And so just honoring each other in that way to say, great, well done. Thank you for stepping out. So does anybody, what Jocelyn's just shared, you might not want to make yourself vulnerable in this, but does that resonate with anybody? Does that connect with what God is doing and speaking in people's lives? That's okay, you don't have to make yourself vulnerable publicly, that's not the point of prophetic, but if it does, can I encourage you to go and get prayed for? Right, Daniel, last one. And then, folks, tea and coffee out the back where you can greet, meet, um, encourage one another, prophesy over one another, pray with one another, ask how one another's week's been. Um, Right, Daniel, go for it. Thank you so much. Uh, I just feel we are in the moment, uh, we are in a season in church whereby is a word that just came into my spirit of another great man of God who shared a word, a word with me. Uh, and it goes like this. Many other times that we are waiting to serve God, but maybe you're thinking that God will call you for a multitude, or maybe God will call you for a big congregation. But this man of God's student said, what if God might want you to preach the gospel, not to the millions, but you preach the gospel to the millions, but one at a time. Many other times we are thinking we're going to preach to the congregation millions, but what if God wants you to preach one at a time? And I feel that there is so much that God has put in us, but he might want it. You share it out one at a time. And that's why we need to rise up. We share with whatever God gives you in your spirit, whatever God puts in your spirit, it could be a season for one at a time. And it's the same thing. Like when, I, when, when somebody is doing teaching, when you're teaching somebody, when, you're, when, when somebody is in a school, that private session, one at a time, is more powerful than when it's done in a court in a multitude. So the anointing that God has put in us this season, it could be for one at a time. Thank you. Brilliant. So just very quickly with what Daniel was sharing there, sometimes we just are mulling on things, we hear things and they sit in our spirit. And I don't know about you, I read books or read things on the internet or hear things or just things that people say in the body and it sits in our spirit, not as a heaviness, but as something that God's caught our attention with. Hey, 
God's called us to love the individual. He's called us to speak to the individual. And the first thing is we hear God is to go, are you speaking to me in this? And he's probably saying, yes. <laughs> yep, I've called you to love the individual and speak to the individual. But then it's, God, what do you want to do? Hey, I want to unlock the church. I want to unlock people. I want to help people to, to know that I have called them to speak words of life. I've called them to encourage neighbors and friends and family into God. So I hope that's helpful. We need to do this more. And actually, even as we're prophesying, do you know, I think oftentimes we should just stop and go, okay, what's God doing here? Because it's helpful. It trains us and equips us. So thank you guys. If you would like to be prayed for anything at all, I realize there's been quite a lot that God's been speaking to us this morning. We'd love to pray for you. Please do come. Um, we'll, We'll stand with you and pray with you into that. Other than that, please do go grab a coffee. Um, Speak to one another. Cross the room. Can I encourage you? I know this is always another risk, but to speak to somebody you don't know, even if this is your first Sunday, you're more than welcome. Hope you've enjoyed your time with us. Um, But let's greet one another and love one another. Thank you, guys.